What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Yeah. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Those toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. Very salty. And uh, you know what? Keep your heads up. That's what we're doing. Are you? Yeah. We're, you aren't? No, I am. We're keeping our heads up. It's one loss. It was not a good loss. It was an ugly game. No, well, it wasn't good buckball. Yeah, it, 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 but it's one game, and and honestly, that team is really good. Yeah, that well, Eagles team, on, got, on just about every level. Yeah, the uh, their their lines are pretty strong. Yeah, that was the difference in the yeah. game. But you know, it always says you're going to win in the trenches, and I guess they did. They did, and they've done that to a lot of people. Um, obviously, the Buccaneers, like any team, that thinks it's a contender. Uh, you know, you can't just say, "Well, we can't beat that team." You know, because if your goal is to make the playoffs and win some playoff games, you're going to have to beat teams like that at some point. Well, you can't say you can't beat that team. Just go ask the Arizona Cardinals beating <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was, we couldn't, we weren't going to beat them last night. They just played much better and more physical than we did. Mm-hmm. And the coaches are saying that. So I'm not, yeah. this isn't me ragging on the Bucks. No. No, but it, it kind of sucks it because, you know, you get on national TV. And of course, the Bucks have been on national TV quite a bit the last few years. But still, you kind of like because um, the 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 thought was this Buccaneer team was not going to be very good, and they already have two wins. So you're kind of like, yeah, nay, 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 nay. You know, let's get right. the three and one, especially against a Super Bowl team. But uh, it didn't happen. Right, and and you know, if you said before this season started that after three games the Bucks will be two and one and tied for first place, I think we'd all take that. Oh yes, but. Well, I'm not sure coaches and players would no, take that no, because no. they'd be like, no, we, we want to try to win all three. Speaking of fandom, would take yeah, it. Uh, fandom would take it. However, in the aftermath of the one, yeah, uh, not the two, in the aftermath of the one, it doesn't feel quite as good. No, but um, you can make it all go away in the next uh, yeah. five days. Well, the coaches and players say it's all gone away within 24 hours. Yeah, they're well. Really, they're really hammering on this 24-hour rule thing. Yeah, that's after wins and losses. That's not just after a loss. I know. So, and I think they've done that after the first two. But now the Buccaneers have a, um, you know, they're two and one. So are the Saints. So are the Falcons. And we play in New Orleans this coming weekend. Uh, and you know, will a win and you're at least tied for first. Uh-huh. Atlanta's playing Jacksonville. Sure. Which also didn't look very good this week. No. Well, that's it. Hard. You know, if you talk about NFL football in Florida. Uh huh. 
The Bucks and Jags. <laughs> Bucks and Jags didn't look great this weekend, but no. Miami did enough to carry us all across the finish. Yeah, line. they they kind of made everybody go. That was unbelievable. What? Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. You have I mean, anything to add to that? No, I just think about, you know, how demoralizing. You know, you give up 70 points. Sean Payton. Yeah. Darn. Well, it's kind of karma there because he did make a comment that, you know, our friend Nate Hackett, who was here briefly yeah. and then moved on, um, he made a comment about his coaching staff yeah. was very unprepared and he said the worst. one of the worst coaching jobs ever. Yeah. It, it isn't that the general NFL world felt like that was – necessarily inaccurate it's just you you don't say that it's not nice and he knew that almost immediately afterwards he wished he hadn't done it yeah and there's nothing there was nothing to gain by saying that but there's a i guess uh uh what's her mcdaniel Mm -hmm. the giants uh, the dolphins coach he's kind of all in the same sort of coaching sphere connections with guys like nate hackett and so you know, maybe there's a little extra reason to. Although I don't know, well, know if they were really pouring it on. They, they just, weren't because they could. They had an opportunity. They right. they could have kicked a field goal and gone ahead and scored the most points mm-hmm. in NFL yeah. and have the most yards. They did it. get the most yards. Did they? Yeah, okay, they set the record. Um, so in that aspect, I kind of appreciate it. But yeah, but ten touchdowns. But I don't think they were really running it up in the sense of the word like you might see in a college football game where it's a big mismatch, but they're running up the points because that might yeah. matter in terms of um, well, they, you know, pulling. They, they, they it wasn't really terribly complicated plays. Short passes, a lot of runs, but their guys just kept breaking them. Yeah. I mean. And did they have two running backs over 200 yards or something? Well, they had two like running that. backs that had four touchdowns. Yeah. They had each. <laughs> they each had four touchdowns. Yes. Do you know how many times in Buccaneers history a player has scored four touchdowns in one game for, mm. for us? Three. Three. Wow. In the history of this franchise, Doug Martin, Leonard Fournette, and Jimmy Giles against Miami way back when. They had two guys do it in the same game. I know. They had ten touchdowns. Is that what it was? Ten offensive touchdowns. (laughs) So when you talk about, like, the the game that it was like a Washington game in 1966, they beat Mm -hmm. 70-72 to 20 or something like that. And uh, or maybe I don't remember the other half score, but they also had like three non-offensive touchdowns in that game. Right. So, but that back to your your point all the way is the NFL. You just don't know. Okay. Period. That was I think that was actually your point. Well, it is my point. Miami's averaging 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 after three weeks five hundred and fifty yards of offense a game. Yeah, that's crazy. They look good though. They look good. They put up a variety of things on the boards before the game at Raymond James Stadium last night, and one of them was. A list of the f- five fastest speeds that have been achieved by players in the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. All five of them were by Dolphins. Yeah, they, I, I did see that. <laughs> and they yeah, didn't they, even have Jalen Waddle, who's also uh, really fast. He was out for the game, yeah. which you know wasn't great for my fantasy team. Well, they were taking a lot of heat, and they were slowly building quietly. They believe and kind of let what's happening here. They their defense is decent, and Jalen Ramsey will come back at some point, and they'll get even better. But they really only need to be decent if they can keep scoring like this, right? And then I don't even need to say it. They obviously are not going to keep scoring 70 points a game. No. But if they're capable, they're averaging like 45. If they're capable of putting up 35 points a game, That's that could end up being the best offense of all time. Crap. Nuts. That's, they're off to a good start. Yeah. The Buccaneers only scored 11, but you know what was kind of cool? Yeah, your note. Did you know that was a scoregami? No. 
Uh, somebody on the somebody on Twitter or something calls it that. Yeah. Uh, it's it, for every time a, a game ends, the first time the NFL's ever had that score. Oh. This is the first time that the that any NFL game has ever finished twenty five to eleven. Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw your tweet, and I went, "Oh, that is kind of cool." You know? <laughs> I mean, it didn't feel real good at the no. time because we had the eleven. No, it didn't. Uh, it didn't feel good at all. And you know, you can you look back at that, and you know, there were some missed opportunities, and you know, but you know what, the Eagles are looking pretty good now. Yeah, you know what happens the rest of the year? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, you know, I forgot a couple things I wanted to do up top. Sure. So let's do let's do them now. All One, right. and really, we we're getting. More we're, more emails than we usually have. So. We're, we're really good at formatting, aren't we? <laughs> I think the people who listen to this have come to expect that at yes. this point. If you like stream of consciousness, consciousness join us every week. Um, uh, the, if you want to send us questions, and, and we've really got some people sending us a lot of good questions, and we've got a bunch today, but we'll try to get to all of them. So please send us questions or comments or whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't even have to be football if it's something we can – yeah, the more you talk to Scott, Shed the less I have to. <laughs> so, um, you, if you want to send us a question, email it to saltydogs mm-hmm. at buccaneers.nfl.com. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the .nfl mm-hmm. there. No, you do that. It's never going to get here. It's not going to get here. here. And, all right. Your other. Okay. Else, all, elsewhere, we are not even, we didn't even try to get a guest this week. No. Because it's a short week. Oh, wow. And uh, after the Monday night game, and both us and them. Have an awful lot going on. Yeah. So like we're not gonna we're not gonna burn one a guy that we could get later in the season. So correct. Uh, let's let's just you and I will carry it, and we'll get back to having guests next week during a regular week. Actually, it'll well, be, be it's a bye week, right? Yeah, so so maybe that we could won't. Be, yeah. Maybe we'll try to get somebody else in the building. Yeah. To help us out. Have to figure that out. The bye week. It's kind of. Don't they usually practice at least once during the bye week? I don't know. You know, I, I mean, if they win, do they get victory Monday? Right. I, I know that. Uh, with the collecting collective bargaining agreement, they have to have what four, four days, days off. in a row, I think. Yeah, and I think it has to include a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so they'll probably. So I'm saying maybe they'll come in and do a little bit of work on yeah. like Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, something like that. Okay, as we celebrate a we'll, victory, we'll figure it out. Uh, and then also, no, what? I think that was it. Okay. Those two things. Uh, you're gonna do the uh, what stood out to you? Or yeah, what? that was the other thing. All right. I like to ask you at the beginning, like, what's the favorite thing you saw? It's a little tougher after a loss. No, this one was easy. This was so easy. I enjoyed a uh, halftime ceremony with Rondé Barber. Okay, sure. And sure. the reason Oh, I know what you're going to say. The reason why I enjoyed it so much is Rondé is just like he really knows what to say and when to say it and he had during his acceptance speech of his ring, his Hall of Fame ring, he said that he wanted to thank the Philadelphia Eagle fans for coming down to help celebrate this occasion. <laughs> it was a great line. I, it was. And he turned around because most Eagles fans were on the other side of the, the stadium. The east side of the stadium, yes. Uh, there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. No. I actually didn't think they got all that loud, though. No. No, but what people have to understand is, you know, everyone goes, they travel well. They do travel well, but. There are a lot of people in Florida yeah, from other places relocated, yeah, sure. so. that are just Eagles fans who Sure, get a chance to go to a game. Uh, it wasn't – sometimes dread those games because yeah. if they start to get out of hand, I'm yeah. afraid. But they didn't really get all no, that loud. I was bad. a little bit surprised by that. Yeah. So, I guess we had the good-mannered Eagles fans. Yes. 
I, well, that's because they live in Florida now, and they've been well-trained. Um, so, yeah, that was my favorite part. Uh, and if you – we actually, um, on uh, the Sirius uh, Buccaneer app, the Sirius app, which carries Buccaneer it's audio. It's a serious app. A very serious. Sirius radio um, app, our Buccaneer channel, that uh, his whole speech is on there. No, oh, that's cool. I delivered that last night. So, good. Yeah, well, there's a lot of good stuff on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, us. All the podcasts we do. Yeah, nothing but bucks. Uh, us. Press conferences. All press conferences. So yeah, if you're in your out. car and, and yeah, you know. Yeah, check it out. It's on the app. I, what you do is you go to the Sirius app and you say. You search. You search uh, Buccaneers. Okay. And then it takes you right to all that stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, um, so what was yours? Well, first of all, since we're on the Ronde subject. Uh-huh. Well, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll wrap that up. Okay. Mine was that Mike Evans catch, the one-handed catch. Oh. Did that you a, did you see the sick picture of that? No. Did they get a great picture? There is a great. He is leaning backwards, one hand. Yeah, grabbing. He it. caught it with one hand. Yes, and the guy's like, on his back. Yeah, the defender he, hanging yeah. all over him, or yeah. him hanging on the defender. Yes, yes. It's. I don't know if you can say it's his best catch ever because there's that one in Dallas, which we also have a sick picture of. Yeah, got to got to hand it to our photographers, huh? Uh, it. I I don't know who took the shot, but. Um, Let's see. I mean, um, they're, they're really um, they're taking advantage of their opportunities there. It is. I'm going to send this to you so okay. you can. Uh, uh, and then, you know, there's obviously that one where he got catch of the year for uh-huh. when he got hit by Keanu Neal when Neal was with the Falcons right. on the sideline making that great catch. Mm-hmm. It's up there, though. I mean, that was one of those where you go, whoa, did he just really do that? It is. It, it is. I don't know. I. I kind of, I kind of am like used to it. So I said, "Yeah, the, well, that's what Mike does." So that ding was yeah, was I know. was Scott's phone because I sent him now. the picture. Oh my god, that is amazing! Isn't that? That is so cool. That is a great shot. I just don't know how these guys hold on. It's amazing. It really is. I, and you kind of, you kind of were. It was a great play and it was a great drive and you were thinking why you know why didn't they start why didn't this happen sooner but you know yeah. it's but you always say and that. then why didn't it happen anymore after that because well, we never got the ball back yeah that was a heck of a that drive was a, like a had. nine minute yes. four minute drill yeah yeah they converted ten of their sixteen third downs which was that's that's one thing when I'm watching a, a game that's not going well for my team uh-huh. I think maybe my least favorite situation is when the other team just keeps converting third downs. Yeah. Long, short, medium, and you're like, you keep getting in third down and you can't get off the field and you're like, come on, not again. Yeah, yeah. like, let's, like, let's. Can we get one stop here? And yeah. we got more than one stop, it's true, but. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, but it was, it, that was an unbelievable uh, catch, but it becomes, it's so routine for Mike. That you know? catch was not routine. I know, but. Are you shocked by it? No, I'm not shocked. Okay. I'm, I was amazed. Yes. I think we can still be amazed. Mike will always amaze I think us. The, my favorite part of this whole season so far is the output that Mike's having. Mm-hmm. Because you know there's always somebody waiting for him to fall off the cliff, Oh, right? yeah, they can't wait. Yeah. Uh, the fantasy world already kind of dismissed him before the season started. He was way down well, the ranks. Yeah, the fantasy world will really put well, you But, I, but it, it reflects the thinking of people. Yeah, I understand that. They, they, they evaluate these guys and go, okay, he's going into his 10th season. He's... He's gotten over 1,000 yards every year, but a couple of years he barely made it over 1,000. And while he's had like four seasons with a dozen touchdowns or more, right. which are fantasy gold, he's also like last season he only had six. And three of those came in week 16 when most fantasy seasons are over. So they're all ready to write him off. 
He's one of the most valuable receivers in fantasy through the first three weeks. If you can get a guy that scores a touchdown every week. It's pretty strong. He's usually going to hit or exceed his projections for that week. So I love it. Mike's playing great. I think we have a question at the the end that's going to talk about it. Yes, there are a few balls that you might have expected him to catch that he didn't, including one in the end zone. Yeah, I think you're always shocked when he doesn't catch a ball. Right. Or, or Godwin, for yeah. that matter. Yeah. These guys are going to not catch it every now and then. There's different degrees of drops. Speaking of Godwin, did you think he hit the pylon with the ball, the tip he, of the he ball? He did. He nudged it. And so that would have been a touchdown had it been challenged. But we did get to touchdown. Yeah, yeah, right? we did. But I'm just, I'm, my question yeah. to you is, had they stopped? I know. It was still, we were in a hurry up. There were two angles. One where it's sort of like you're behind Chris looking towards the end zone. And you can see that the tip of the ball makes the pylon move. Yeah. And then the next angle, you're on the other side and you can't tell yeah. from the end zone looking out. And then I'm looking at it. And I'm like, that first replay. And then I look down and they're already running in a play. And I'm like, well, that's a moot point. Though. Yeah. But they scored, so it's so it ended up being Mike yeah. Evans' touchdown. Which is but cool. I was just curious whether you thought the same thing. I, I, I think it was pretty clear that that pylon moved. Okay, good. There was there was a lot of movement in that game, um, on the offensive line. That there was a lot of movement. I thought that was missed. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, you're talking about well, coach talked about it. Just a couple, you know. There was there was one very blatant one that the whole. Oh, you mean where saw. he did uh, where he did the uh, he did the Juwan Taylor step back. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it's weird. We all know that officials are human, and they have a very hard job, and I would probably be terrible at it. Right. I would definitely be terrible at it Right. if I hadn't been trained for many years. Right. But it's the ones where it's so obvious that you're like, how could they possibly not see that? Well, and you, what for those who don't understand, there is a particular official that his job is to just watch that. That's his job is the to watch. Line. Yes. And the D-line. And the D-line to watch that. The job. trenches. So, but, you know, those things happen and you move on. But but that was kind of. Is that the line judge? Uh, yes. Is it the line judge? I would well, think so. Well, let's see so. what the options are here. Yes. It's not the ref. No. It's probably not the back judge. No. I don't know what the umpire is. Uh, he's in the middle. Okay. He's the middle guy. The guy that stands behind the linebackers? Yes. Field judge. Down judge. Down judge, what is that? And, Guess, and side judge. Yeah, I think it's the side judge. It's not the line judge? All right, well, it's right well, there in the name. line judge, yeah. Anyways. Anywho. I was just kind of flashing through that game because that game is not that old. It's not even 24 hours old. Yeah, <laughs> Can you believe like that? It, it seems like it was a while ago. <laughs> uh, that's because we both came in here and had two days of work to do. Oh, uh, yes, very early. No, not at all. You know, my, we're talking about Mike. He's in the 700 club now. Yes, I saw that. I saw that note. He's like, what did I say, like the 59th player ever to yeah. get to 700 receptions? Pretty cool. He's, and he's got 84 touchdown catches now. He has 85 touchdowns huh? because he also had a fumble recovery touchdown one season. Somebody else on offense fumbled, and he fell on it. Okay. Um, so that moved him up into a tie for 21st all time. 21st is pretty cool, but what is cooler is that every time he scores, he's moving up that list rapidly. Yeah. You know, so you can you could – envision by the end of the season he's closing in on the top 10 and we talk about hall of fame possibilities and you think if he's anywhere around the top 10 oh yeah all time receiving you got to get into consideration you got to get to 100 for that tim brown and steve larger are tied for ninth with 100 touchdowns so that's nine and ten on the list and mike's now at 84 touchdown catches uh-huh. specifically i mean so when he when he scored this time, he moved up from tied for 26th to tied for 21st. 
he scores one more time, he's going to move it into tie for 18th mm. with Lance Allworth, Heinz Ward, and Paul Warfield. Heinz Ward is a weird one in there. Yeah, that he's is. like the only guy in the top here that's not in the Hall of Fame who's already eligible. Like Larry Fitzgerald and Antonio Gates, Rob Gronkowski, they're all not in the Hall of Fame, but that's because they haven't been eligible yet. Right. If he scores two more touchdowns, well, Jimmy Graham's active, so and he scored this past week. But right now, Jimmy Graham is 17th with 86. If he scores three more, he's tied for 17th with Andre Reid. If he scores four more, he's tied for 15th with Don Maynard. I mean, you Are see the how Jets quick... Don Maynard. It is. It is a 1958 to 73. Yeah. 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 How's that one for you? He also played briefly for the Giants, huh. the Hamilton Tiger Cats, in St. Louis. Huh. That would have been the well. Those are some pretty cardinals, pretty strong names or uh, yeah, household of names, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. So every time he catches another touchdown pass, he's just like moving up from one group of great players to a group of even greater players, and yeah. I just think that's really cool. Wow, exciting stuff for um, sure. I wanted to diverge again before I forget. You you brought up Rondé in his ceremony at halftime, uh-huh. where they also unveiled his Hall of Fame logo yeah. next to his name on the stadium. Yes. I believe this is the first time we've been, we've been doing a Salty Dog since the Wednesday premiere of Prototype, right? That was last Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. And we would have done this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about that. No, we have not. So the Buccaneers, uh, with Stephen Lynch as the producer, uh, made – this movie documentary called yeah. Prototype: The Legacy of Rondé Barber. It's an hour and twenty minutes long. Well worth your time. I would highly recommend it. I would too. Uh, if you're a big Bucks fan, if, especially if you're a big Rondé Barber fan like I am, really a lot of good stuff in there. There was stuff in there that I didn't know. Yeah, I agree with you. And and you know, watching that and reflecting on it, I kind of felt like, you know, it was about Rondé, of course, right? But that time frame, both you and I witnessed it yeah and it was and it was kind of like a reflection of my own life like i would see something and i go i know where i was when that happened (laughs) you know i remember that yeah there were little things in there yeah there were little things like i as an example i was not aware of how banged up he was going into that nfc championship i knew he was but not as much and because he really hit it well he 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 was very good about well, he always did. Yeah, he just would not go in because he was afraid that trainer would say you can't play that was a cool thing in the um in the movie, too, because there is a picture of Rondé Barber hanging on the wall in the training room. And it's because he never wanted to go in there and almost never did. Yeah, that's it's a very high standard he set. Yeah. Um, you can see it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. You can also see it on Buccaneers.com. And, right, right. It's the well Buc- worth the time. The Bucks YouTube channel. Uh, it's worth it. You know, maybe watch a little bit of it now, a little bit of it later. But um, it was a very cool experience. We should explain it that there was a, a, a in. We went to the Tampa Theater, which is, which is a, beautiful, a beautiful historic theater. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And that neat. was that was the first that time thing. I had been there. It was only the second time I'd been there. And the first time was a long time. Yeah. Ago. So it was good to be refreshed. Yeah, it was real. It's very old school theater. Very you know, ornate. Had, yeah. Had to had to stage. Yeah. You know, and that's where we did the panel afterwards. And you did a, and I will say you did an awesome job of uh, of hosting that. You Thank were you. had uh, moderating, yeah, three Hall of Famers there: Rondé and Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp. Sapp. And yep. then we also, had, like I said, Stephen, Stephen Lynch, Lynch, the producer of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fans. One of the cool things about that night was how enthusiastic the crowd was. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they were making a lot of noise when I Too wanted much. to hear what was going Correct. on. Correct. But felt, overall, yeah. they were very – and anytime a new guy pops up, like you see Mike Allstott for the first time, I was like, Mike Allstott, yeah. you know, and, and, and of course saved the biggest love for Ronnie Barber. But. What I thought was very cool was not only how many alum 
players that played with Rondé, but how many current Buccaneers? Like Baker. Like Baker and his wife came, did yeah, the red yeah, carpet. Right. It was very, very cool that um, showing respect, I guess, and, yeah. and, and at least acknowledging that they know the history, some history of the and, Buccaneers just getting here. And then Baker wore a Rondé jersey to the game last night. Yeah, that was da- to total, the podium. total respect. Yeah, that yeah, that was, cool. Well, he wore it into the stadium, too. I know. Yeah. And then put it and back put on it, it for the podium. Yeah. That was very, very cool. But uh, what a great event. It uh, was very well done, well put on. Uh, the execution was pretty flawless, I thought, you know, all the way through. And uh, it, it was a great evening. And for those Buck fans that got to go, um, but they did. They actually sold tickets to that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so. but you can watch it for free. Yeah. So. Other things about this game, this Philly game. I know we don't want to talk about it a ton. Well, you it's, have to. It's the first time since 2006 that the Buccaneers have been out, that the Buccaneers have played a game in which their opponent had 450 or more yards wow. and in which they had fewer than 200 yards. Really? The very the only reason I'm bringing that up, because it's obviously not a positive stat, no. is the last time it happened was in 2006 against? Philadelphia. Do you remember that game? You do remember that game. I, uh, is that the one where um, um, Matt Bryant kicks the field goal? Yeah. Okay. 62-yard field goal. I had to think for a second. It's also the one where Rodney Barber had two pick sixes right. off and, of Donovan McNabb. And, and he did not get uh, uh, the key to the city. I know. That was <laughs> – But he did get it. He got Rodney Barber day last week. Okay, right, So right, he right. finally, all these years later – It was so funny it. because, yeah, it was, he does two pick sixes for the first time yeah. anybody in franchise history. history. Well, other than the Super Bowl. Yeah. Had he not done that, that kick, there would not be a kick. Right. So right. That, that was his right. his thing. And so it's just weird. That's the only reason why I bring that stat up. It's yeah. only happened five times now. Uh, thank goodness. And the Bucks have won the last time they did that, which is just – can you imagine being on that Philly plane on the way? I'm going, how did we just beat them by like 300 yards and lose? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. There were hardly any penalties in that game. And yeah. you brought up a little bit that maybe they weren't calling the what could be false starts. Sure. Uh, but overall, I think we had three and they had four. Yeah. It was uh, pretty clean. It was a pretty clean game. Um, so, I mean. And I have to say, the field really held up quite well. That was the third game in nine days. Wow. No, was it? Yes. Fourth and four. Ten or eleven days. Yeah, four and nine because USF uh, college football team here played two and then we played two in nine days. So, that's pretty cool. That, yeah, and they had yeah. to keep. We talked about it last week, so we don't have to rehash no. it. But they had to keep switching that side in and out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got lucky with uh, the rain. It came and went. It came. It went. So and it didn't do much. What I would felt we were lucky about was no lightning. Correct. I got a little nervous about that. These NFL observers in front of me, they kept having somebody run up and go, blah, 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 is saying that there's going to be a, 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 I don't remember what they called it, seek shelter announcement yeah. here in the next 10 minutes. And then somebody else would be like, we have no reports of that whatsoever, but I was getting very nervous that sure. they were going to do a lightning delay because yeah. it's the last thing you want on a, a Monday night game, especially when you're losing. And they have lightning detectors and anything. Yeah. It's like you I could, think it's eight miles out or something like that if there's a, a lightning strike, which here in Florida happens, happens a lot. Yeah, yes. you get that, and then, com- it, then it's like, oh, man. I'm honestly surprised that we ha- don't have more lightning delays. Yeah. We're very fortunate. We are lucky. Yeah. We were um, now the Buccaneers did not commit a turnover in their first two games, won the turnover battle, both of those games and won those games. Yeah. This game, 
was actually even, mm-hmm. two to two. Right. But it really felt like we lost the turnover battle. It was inopportune time. Because if you think about it, we get that Devin White pick, mm-hmm. which is exciting, and we it, and it had um, it had come after a Baker Mayfield pick. So you're like, okay, cool, got the ball right back. I saw. I don't know. I saw a tweet that someone was was saying. What was Devin White afraid to get hit by Jalen by Hertz, or was he was he afraid because he you know he went out of bounds? And I was like, don't you follow it all? The the guy has a groin injury; yeah, he is. couldn't run. You could tell he wasn't he couldn't run. It looked like he if he was it, a healthy one. If he was he healthy, tried. I, if he was healthy, I think he wouldn't have scored. He, yeah, he clearly couldn't go, and that was the reason why he ran out of bounds. Yeah. And, and, and I did not wasn't sure he'd be back, but he started the second half, so he only missed four plays. Mm-hmm. So think about that. He gutted that whole game out, wow. despite the yeah. fact that his groin was touchy enough that he couldn't like open it all up on a punt when he could have had a pick. Six. Sure. So you yeah. know, instead of ripping the guy, we should be um, praising them, praising saying, him for, "Hey, you hung, you hung in there." Yeah, it's yeah. a good play. Absolutely. Uh, but our turnovers were. The his pick, and then unfortunately we just gave the ball right back. Yeah. Okay, and then the next turnover was a great play by D. Delaney on the interception. Great. But it puts us at like the half yard line. Uh huh. Not through any fault of his own. You want him to pick it off. Don't sure. get me wrong. Sure. But you're at the one yard line, and then the next play is a safety. So really, it kind of worked against the Bucks, right? So because then not only do they get to two points, but you have to kick, kick the ball back to them. Yeah. Jake Kamara, my goodness! What a leg! Hey, he's going to kick one right out of the stadium. Someone somewhere. asked Coach if uh, if if uh, Jake was out kicking yeah. his coverage, and I I, a, I, I, don't I understood what where it was coming. It's from. not an unreasonable question. Yeah, but I but I also think you just want your guy to kick it as far as he can. Yeah, I mean that seventy four yarder, which we originally reported as seventy three, because that's what it said. Uh-huh. They later changed it to seventy four. That ties the team record, which he. Set last year or tied last year. Sean Landetta also did it in 1997. But um, he has three of the four longest punts in team history, and two of those are in the last two weeks. Crazy. And he's just killing the ball. And so on that one that went 74 yards, the guy caught it over his shoulder at Mm -hmm. the four-yard line. I mean, that ball almost went into the end zone. So if it had, it would have been a 78-yarder with a 58-yard net, and you'll take that every day. Sure. The guy made a really nice play. Yeah. The coverage – it's hard to get down there on a 74-yard punt. It's true. But it was down there enough that they shouldn't have given up the length of the return that they did. Yeah. There were some miscues. And the coverage has been good the first couple of weeks, so I'm not worried about it. We got a lot more speed on that unit now, but it wasn't good throughout the game. No, no. And it just, yeah, it just seemed like, you know, the, it wasn't all there. But I will say this. After the game was over in the locker room, per man, everybody we interviewed, was, yes, we didn't play our best ball. Yes, we got beat. Yes, we're moving on. There was no excuses, no finger pointing, no, I have to do better. I can't turn the ball over. In fact, Baker's uh, interception, he did a pretty good job of not saying, you know, keeping his eyes straight down. But you could see when you watch the film how you can see the the eagle guy slowly sliding over so he just read the play. He, he he just read the play yeah and and he had a good jump sometimes on the ball sometimes a defender just makes a really good play yeah. that's i guess and what I, you're saying yes exactly nobody's well, going well through put. the nobody's going throughout the whole season without an interception no if you're playing every day well hopefully I yes mean, you know you're, maybe you're you're Starting left tackle is going to go the whole season without throwing an interception. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I should have been more specific on that one. <laughs> one other thing from this game, 
Uh, it's hard to it's hard to feel like there were any positives on defense. Uh-huh. Um, but I felt, and I talked about it on the radio with your guys before the game, game pregame. Yep. Um, that Ronnie and Pat, that is that. Um, if you looked at the numbers, Jalen Hurts is fantastic. He was yeah. second in the NFL MVP bowling last year and truly deserved it. He's not Justin Fields. He's he can run. Yes, but, but he, he also yeah. is a good throwing quarterback. I was they, surprised how well he threw. I will say though that I was talking to those guys. I'm like the numbers suggest he's good. He's great. He's having another good season. Yeah. His numbers aren't as good so far this season. They probably will get better. But the numbers showed that in the first couple of games, he had struggled a little bit, a little bit against the blitz. And if you look at the numbers from this game, you you know he won and threw for 277 yards, threw a touchdown, ran for another one. Right? Okay, good, good for him. But um, his numbers, we blitzed on like 60% of the plays, uh-huh. which is the highest uh, blitz rate that Jalen Hurts has ever faced since he came to the NFL. Right. And it kind of worked because he's, he was like 13. I'm looking up. To, I'll get to the numbers exactly. Uh-huh. Some, like 13 of 23 for 125 yards or something like that. And his two, his two interceptions. So his passer rating when we blitzed, whether or not the blitz worked, his passer rating was like 40, but then against the blitz was like 122. So, you know, the strategy of blitzing him was not a bad decision. Uh, no, and and it's like anything. If you get there, it was great, and they were so close so many times. Kinda. You didn't know. think they were. You didn't think they were close. I guess Got a lot of movement though. We did hit him on the touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Greg Gaines did. Yeah. And we hit him on another big play that they had that I'm not coming up with right now, but. Yeah, there were a few where he actually got hit as he threw, and yet it was still complete. That yeah. was frustrating. Very. So here it is. Jalen Hurts was blitzed on 61% of his dropbacks against the Buccaneers, his second highest, excuse me, second highest blitz rate faced in the game in his career. Against the Blitz, he was 13 of 23, 152 yards, two interceptions, 9.3, negative 9.3 completion rate over expected. Uh, and then again, with no Blitz, he was 10 of 14 for 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was only blitzed. He was only pressured on thirty-three point three percent of those blitzes. Right. But that was better than when we didn't blitz. It was only fourteen point three percent. So the blitzing wasn't. The blitzing was a good idea. It just wasn't enough. They had so many answers. They could just run the ball. How many? How many defensive plays were there? We only had forty-four offensive plays. Yeah. So I know seventy-eight. Wow. Yeah, and the time of possession was 38.55 to 21.05. I mean, when you wow. can run the ball the way they were yeah. running it. It's kind of like a flip-flop from when we played Chicago. Yeah. We had 36 minutes, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, we kind of controlled that game. Yeah. And they kind of controlled this Very one. Very much so. Hmm. There's a lot of pretty interesting little... Um, Tidbits? Little next-gen, uh, little insights, they call them here. Mm-hmm. Give us an example. You want an example? Yeah, give me an example. Baker Mayfield was considerably more effective when getting the ball out in under 2.5 seconds. Really? He averaged 8.8 yards per attempt when he did that, but only 2.7 per attempt when he was holding the ball longer than that. Uh, and I think what that that's that's another way of saying the Phillies, the Eagles' defensive front is really good. Because you couldn't hold the ball much longer or the play was going to be blown up. Yes. That's basically what that stat says. Yeah. When he got rid of it in under 2.5 seconds, he was 11 of 13 for 114 yards and a touchdown. Which is really awesome. Wow. Jalen Carter, that incredible rookie for but the Eagles. But through all of it all, when you think about it, they scored 22 points. That's true. 23. Or 23. Yeah, that's fair. 
So when you when you look at all those stats and time of possession, you kind of think, wow, how many points did they score? Yeah, that's. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ask could my, have been ask, ask yeah, Denver, right? Ask Sean Payton. I just, yeah, wow. Yeah, it. you know, it's funny. It's like I said previously, it hasn't even been 24 hours after the game, but it seems so long ago. It's it's crazy. But at least, uh, you know, at least the weather held, like I said, we had a little bit of rain and, you know. Yep. All right, uh, so. What else you got? Since we played Monday. I'm looking at cloudy skies and thinking, oh, I'm glad we're not playing today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that'll probably just pass through, though. Yep. Um, since we played Monday, you and I, I think I'm speaking for both of us, we're, we're, all, we're off on Sunday. Yes, so it was we an were. opportunity to watch yes, some football. We did. Sit on the I couch. Did. Yeah. Um, I made a Rotel cheese dip. You ever had that? No. Um, it's good. Uh, and um, so the main thing I did, now the, the Miami game was on. I only have whatever the two yeah, networks were. I don't, I don't have Sunday ticket or anything no, like that. So, and I don't mind that. I don't mind just sitting there watching sure. one game. Um, that game was on, but New Orleans was playing Green Bay, and since we played New Orleans last week, I thought it would be better if you to watch, watch that, that one. And so that's what I did. I probably was on that game 90% of the time and just a little bit on the Miami one, <coughs> which is a shame because apparently it would have been really exciting to watch that Miami yeah. game. And but, and the Green Bay and the Green Bay game was a struggle. It was 17 to nothing all the way into like almost fourth quarter. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, uh and I kept watching watching it going, "Wow, is is New Orleans this good? Is what's going on?" But then I started thinking, yeah, know, Green Bay's been, you know, shooting themselves in the foot they here. Did. They, you know, they, they shot had, themselves in the foot yeah, they, so many they times. They were just not executing very well, and then they then they had the they once again had a special teams problem. Yeah. with the Rashid Shaheed mm-hmm. touchdown, which has been a bugaboo for them yeah. for years. And so, um, yeah, I'm surprised too. I bet you Richie Bisaccia was not very happy. And now it's like, okay. Their special teams are playing fine, but any time a bad thing happens, you go, oh, here we go again. But, yeah, I think Rich Bisaccia has sort of really helped solve that yeah. problem. Um, so, yeah, I, I, so, I didn't realize the Miami game because I was so focused on that, and then when I saw the score, I was like, are you kidding me? Maybe I should have watched yeah. that one. <laughs> right. um, what I really picked up from it was that the Saints' defense looks pretty good. They do. Which is, A, Disappointing, mm-hmm. considering they lost Marcus Davenport, Caden Ellis, Shai Tuttle, David Onyemata. Um, I think there's another one or two, but they lost a bunch of guys. And so they're kind of filling in from guys that have been reserves. And you know, I, was, I was hoping, like, maybe this is the year that the Saints defense takes a dive. No. So far, they look really good. Very good. And Demario Davis is still great. And I would say from watching that game, it's just one game because I didn't see their other two, but it really looks like they make it very difficult for you to do anything in the middle of the field. Yeah. Because, and they, I, from what I could tell, they were playing a lot of single high safety. And so they were basically daring Jordan Love to hit them on the outside. And he tried over and over and over again. And some of them worked, and eventually enough of them worked that they won the game. Uh-huh. But I could not believe how many times on any down, any down in distance, it would be third and two, and all of a sudden Jordan Love is chucking it downfield against uh, a backup corner that they're obviously trying to and take the, advantage and they, of. And they, they went after him a lot. Yeah, but on both sides it was yeah. – but they couldn't get anything done in the middle. And so I'm wondering – 
uh, maybe I can ask Rob McCartney um, tomorrow. Is that like, was that a one-time thing or are they really that good? And do you have, have to, to beat them on the outside? Yeah. If so, I'm kind of excited by that because uh, Mike Evans, Chris I'll Godwin. take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin <laughs> and Trey Palmer. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll take those three guys trying to beat you on, on outside one on one plays. Maybe, yeah. Um, and um, Carr looks like, well, we don't yeah, know, we have to talk but, about he, that. but he hurt his shoulder. So you don't know if he's playing or not. I would assume he, he wouldn't be, but you never know with modern medicine. I am of the opinion that he will definitely not be playing yeah. because w- if he actually had a chance to play, what they call that, they what coaches usually say is day to day. When you say week to week, oh yeah, that's that very would... f- very infrequently are you back that same week. Well, maybe they're trying to be crafty. Well, I did read a little bit about Drew Brees talking about the two times that he had an AC joint sprain, and um, they put a harness on him. Well, the harness yeah. when it was his left shoulder. Yeah, but uh, he's like, it's really even when you come back. Like he played in one game where he didn't. So throw a single pass in practice the entire week wow. and then play it in the game. And it's a pain tolerance thing. Uh-huh. He says it's it just feels wrong. It's like you you hear the clicking sound when you throw. That's not good. And it just feels it, – it's an uncomfortable – it's an unpleasant experience. Um, now, obviously, the, the, the key here is what severity of a sprain is it. Like um, Breeze was saying his was just a grade one, yeah. which apparently isn't that severe. So he was able to play through it. I don't know. I hear week to week, and I'm thinking that's got to be at least a couple weeks. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good question. Because, I mean, I guess it'll get answered game day, but their backup is Jameis Winston, and we all know Jameis. He was here. We've seen what he can do, and he can break your heart, but he also he can break your heart two ways. He can break your heart because he's going to throw really well, and you're you're not wanting that. Or he breaks your heart because you're hoping he throws well and he doesn't throw well. So he's a heartbreaker either way. Oh, I gotta tell I gotta tell everybody the stat I was spreading around. Did I tell you this stat? No, which one now? Monday afternoon I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how Sam Howell Do you remember what I'm talking about now? Mm-hmm. Or did I not tell no, you? No, you did not tell me. Sam Howell, the quarterback for the Washington Commanders, apparently this past weekend against Buffalo, threw an interception in each of the four quarters of the game. Oh, that's the he threw an interception in each quarter, first quarter, second, one in each. Okay. That's only the fourth time that that has happened in the last eight seasons in the NFL. Wow. And the I, other three were all Jameis Winston. Really? Isn't that incredible? That is an incredible stat. Well, maybe we can add to it. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Um, but I agree with you. I, it makes me nervous to go up against Jameis uh-huh. because – you know, I don't think the Buck. You, you never want to lose to one of your former no. quarterbacks. But, you know, he can run. But, I mean, do we see Tyson more in this particular game? Do we, you know, so it is, it, it, it's, I don't know if it, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious to see what Coach has to say this week about it once he knows who the quarterback our coach? is. Our coach. Well, he yeah. kind of already said yeah. he doesn't think the game plan changes much from Carr to James. Yeah. I don't know how it could, though. Right? Jameis got them like 100-and-something yards uh-huh. after Derek left. Yeah. And he did. You have he to hit admit, a couple. Yeah. Well, you have to admit, he got them in position for what could have been the yep. game-winning field goal. That's true. And then the rookie kicker missed it from like 46. And I think you expect guys to make 46 here in field goals now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you win the last in so, the NFL. Um, 
Speaking of making a lot of them, how about Matt Gay hitting five? Five? No, uh, four. Four yeah, over 50 yards? Yeah, yeah. I think he's got NFC special teams player. Um, can, AFC, I mean, yeah. locked down. I think I think he's got a shot at it, yeah. That was that was incredible. Is that a record? I don't know. It is. Most 50-plus in a game? Yep. Four. And the most uh, consistent field goal kicker for the Ravens, he missed a Justin game. Justin Tucker? Missed a game winner. At the oh, end. Oh, and then, Mid- Andy, and then, and then he had to go to overtime. overtime. Yes. How about that? From how at, far? At home. Justin Tucker missed? Yeah. At home. I had to look this up now. It was crazy. It was one of those, are you kidding me? Is it was really? from 59 yards. Oh, well. Wait a minute. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm looking right at it. Okay. Was it? Uh-oh. Except, no, never mind. This is not This is the wrong game. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Good, you're giving me a hard time already. And then it's like, oh, this must be the wrong game. I'm, uh, he I'm, missed from 61. What? It was 61. Really? He was short. Uh, I mean, he's made those before, yeah. so I can understand thinking he would. Well. He made from 50. There were five field goals of 50 more yards yeah. in this game. And it, and that's a, that wasn't a great day either. <laughs> you know, what I mean by that is weather-wise, it wasn't a great day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So oh, there was a safety in this game, too. Yeah. How crazy is that, Safety's really? Safety's all over the place. Yeah. It actually ended up being very important because that made it 19-16. Uh-huh. And then, so when the Colts kicked a field goal, it's, it only tied it, sent it into overtime. Yeah. They did end up winning anyway. But, yeah. So he had a 53, Matt hit a 53-yarder to tie the game. Wow. And then a 53-yarder to win the game. Shades of Martin Gramatica against Carolina uh-huh. in 2002. Yeah. Uh, but I, Martin didn't have four fifty pluses in, in one speaking, game. Speaking of Martin Gramatica, he did a book signing. Uh, yeah, he wrote yeah. a book. And, That's cool. Yeah, I'm do, looking do forward you have to it. Re- I do. I do. I'm looking forward to okay. uh, to reading. Do you know it. what it's called? Uh, gosh, of course you're going to hit me with that one. No, I don't. I I, I do not. Off the top of my All head, right. I don't. No big deal. I'm tired. <laughs> How's that? We, That's didn't, good. we didn't get a ton of sleep. Uh, well, I, I was here at seven twenty this morning, my friend. I stayed <laughs> up till till two. A little after two doing stat work. I stayed up till a uh, quarter to one. And then I couldn't get to sleep for o'clock. like another hour. Yeah. That, that's well, the- it's hard uh, on night games. But it was nice having a 7.15 kick. I say thank you, ESPN, for making us the <laughs> That was great. It wa- I love that. I walked in at into my house at maybe right around midnight. Yeah. And my wife says, oh, I didn't expect you home this yeah. early. <laughs> And, and I said, well, remember, it was a 7.15. Right. And she was at the game, so she sure. knew. So. Yeah, that, that, but, but I do like that. Okay. So um, so with Jameis so anyway, Winston, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so it's Derek Carr. That's going to be one of the huge storylines. Another one is that the Saints are getting Alvin Kamara back. Yeah, been suspended. Uh, so suspended for three games for that altercation in Las Vegas after the Pro Bowl two yeah. seasons ago. Yeah. Um, of course, he's suspended. Just long enough to be back to play us. And, you know, he's going to have fresh legs. They did get the, one of their safeties, Marcus May, suspended, and he'll be out. Uh-huh. Um, so neither team in this matchup has run the ball well yet. No. Uh, they didn't have Kamara, and then Jamal Williams, who was their lead back in his absence from the Lions, he got hurt in the second game. He's on injury reserve. So they've had injury and suspension suspension, uh, suspension. suspension issues. We've kind of like, I think it's taking us a little while to gel and get everybody on the same page in this new running scheme. Yeah. Because I I will say this. There are several times during that game where I felt like Rashad was trying to do the Levy and Bell thing, Uh where you kind of 
hesitate and wait and let a spot. And yeah, Le'Veon yeah. Bell became so good at that. And I've seen Rashad successfully do that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't working against this defensive front. No. Uh, that just I'm not really sure what would be working yeah. against them. Well, they are the number one rush defense in the yeah. league. They were even before and that I, game. And now I know why. Well, man, those yeah. they've spent their They're last two beefy. Their last two first round picks were both those Georgia defensive tackles who Do are they have something like between their lines something like seven first round picks or something crazy well, they like that? They got a that? lot of guys from Georgia. Okay. They're I think not, they got, They're yeah. not all first rounders. Oh, okay. The way that Todd put it about Rashad and he certainly was. He also talked about what the line needs to do better. Uh-huh. But he said we have to, we've got to stay on our blocks a, lo- a little longer. longer. Yeah. Obviously, it goes hand in hand. He means the line and the running back. Uh-huh. Rashad has to hit it. I think he tried to make too many big plays when it was a grinded out type of game. Uh-huh. You're not going to get big big plays on these guys. You've got to start hitting it hitting it up in there, getting two, three, and four yards, and hope you can break one later on. He probably had too many cuts trying to make an explosive play, something out of nothing, as opposed to taking what they give him. I, that, I, Given the magnitude of the game, knowing it was going to be one of those types of games, just from an, an experience standpoint, he can get better that way, and he will. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting point about just taking the two, three, and four, because you normally you don't think of a two- or three-yard run as a – Success. Right. But we had a lot of those in the first two games and not a lot of negative plays, so we were not often behind the sticks. So if you get if you rush for four yards and then three yards, it's not awesome, but you're in third and, third and three. Yeah. Which you normally convert. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're getting stoned at the line. Now, another stat from Next Gen Stats that I looked at today is uh, the Bucks running backs were hit behind the line of scrimmage on 62.5% of their carries. That's wow. that's not going to work. No, that's just not going to work. Uh. Uh-uh. So, some of that you blame on the back. Maybe wow. he needed to hit the hole. Some of that you blame on the line, just not giving him anywhere to go. Like on the safety. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, there was there was a de- disaster. I don't want to talk about it too much because there's no. a question about it. But okay. um, yeah. So, the running game was kind of doomed from the beginning. Uh, it, but it has. It, to, I think it, it can get better. It has to get better. I don't think it's going to be any kind of elite game, but they just need the efficiency that they had, like in the Chicago game. Right. Right. They still only averaged like three point five yards per carry in that mm-hmm. game, but they got one hundred twenty yards. They were able to keep the chains moving, uh, get a lot of manageable third downs. Uh, it just didn't happen last night. You give you give so much of the credit to that Philadelphia yeah. front, right? Yeah. Well, they they played well. I mean, they're a good football team. Now, whether they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, I don't know. They still got to see San Francisco, so who knows? Yeah, San Francisco. Right. And then, of course, don't discount the Dallas Cowboys, even though they did lose to the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) And and destroyed uh, survivor pools all across the country. They did. How about that? That's that's not very nice. You're laughing too much about that. Um, Okay. Okay, keep going. did you see what happened to the Steelers trying to get back home? I did. They uh, they had some issues with their charter, and they had an emergency in, landing. And in then Kansas had, City. Yeah, yep. We've been there, haven't we? And they were stuck for, like, what, six, eight hours, yeah. something like that? Yeah, they had to wait to get another plane. That's in. a nightmare. Well, the problem there is, is We've that— We've been there. Yeah, the problem, you know, is um, it's in the middle of the night. And you can't really go into the airport because you can't go on the passenger side because not everybody gets screened. They do like a oh. 25 or they do because it's a charter. They do a percent of people yeah. being screened. 
So you just can't go in. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. And so you're kind of trapped. Now you say, okay, we'll go to a hotel. Well, you've got 150 people or something like that trying to locate a hotel that has that many rooms. You would be dumping people in multiple hotels. Just to just to get a couple hours sleep. And Correct. Turn right well, and that's and then the other thing is you got to call the bus company to come get everyone to go. And yeah, because you don't have buses ready in the town. You weren't expected to land. It. Correct. So it's like a big snow. So you you talk about like our Tim Jaraki, who is our uh, senior director of travel. You talk about a nightmare. Oh yeah. Because everybody's looking at you like, how are you going to get this yeah, done? What are we going to do? And so basically, they sat on the plane. And waited for a new plane to come. So they sat on the plane the entire yeah. time. Now, the plus side is they won, so things are a little bit easier. <laughs> you know. Still, man. But, yeah, no. I'm getting that, pretty salty about yeah, two or oh, three hours. Oh, no, right. I uh, Just the whole, the whole episode. But you also have to look at it if you have a problem and you have to make an emergency landing and you're standing there talking about, oh, this is really crappy sitting in this seat for a few hours. Much better than if things didn't go the yeah, way you wanted them to. you're alive, right? Right. So there, there's, there's to fight another Yeah, day. there's that. But those are the things that, you know, you talk about a team, you know, disrupting their schedule. Well, they lost the day. You know? Yeah. They basically have lost it's their like day played, off. It's their like mo- they played a Monday night game. Correct. Kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that it's funny you brought that up because I was talking with Tim earlier today. And uh, I made a comment to him about it. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I haven't heard from my counterpart. I tried to reach out to him. He's, like, He's probably has, he or she for the Steelers yeah. probably has every other Tim Drake in the league reaching out. Yeah, well, he's probably his phone's just blowing up, and he's like, "I'm over this. I'm not answering anything <laughs> right now. I've got, I've got nothing." If it, if, if it's generally decided that he or she handled it as well as possible, yeah. they'll, they'll be giving a speech at a at a the next uh-huh. time all those guys, uh-huh. those what, people gather. It's going to be what's your worst? How moment? did you do it? <laughs> yeah. How did you get through it? <laughs> what is your contingency? Because we've plan? been through some of these oh, over the years. Yes. I don't know if we've been through one that bad. Because, um, like, when we couldn't take off in Oklahoma City, yeah. we went back to the hotel. Yeah, and that wasn't a plane issue. That was a union right. pilot issue. Right, but it still involved us not being able to leave. Yeah, we got lucky there. And, but we were still in the, we were still in the city we started in, so we Correct. had buses. We yeah. had a hotel that we yeah, just we didn't, cleared out Yeah, of. they didn't let the buses go, right. We so. went, just back, went back to the yeah. same hotel, slept for a while, and left in the morning. We've had, I remember the one year in Minnesota, mm-hmm. in, in the Sam White years, where the snowstorm kept us from leaving. Yep. We all just went into the tarmac. Yeah. Because... We didn't have the, the security issue then. It was before two thousand. It was before 20, that issue. Uh, September eleventh. It was before September eleventh. So we could go into the into the terminal, terminal. and everybody did, and uh-huh. they had a good time. And it was. It was great. Yeah. Went to Paul the Gruber handled. Yeah. Paul Gruber handled it. Picked it up. That was the first time we, that we won that game. And I remember thinking, so this is what it's like being with a winning team. <laughs> uh, this is fun. Uh, I also remember the one where uh, our plane got delayed. We were in Green Bay, and we ended up going. And this was before all the catering that teams do after. Yeah. After at stadiums, you're, you're right. Yeah. Every team has a post game meal. Right. Well, this was way before then that we went out to uh, into the parking lot and got brats from uh, the Packer fans. They were <laughs> passing them through the fences. It's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was it was really very very cool. But yeah, we had the one year where we were the coaching staff. This was a Gruden year. Uh-huh. Oh, it, it, for the Senior, senior Bowl. Bowl in in Mobile, Alabama, and terrible like ice storms uh-huh. or something. We're shutting down the Atlanta airport, which we were supposed to connect through. Right. So they just rented a couple buses, and we drove back to Tampa. 
You do what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good travel guy. <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. I'd yeah. rather do that than spend another day in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, I've never been. Don't. No, it's not on my list, huh? <laughs> wow. Why don't you list all of the cities that you can think of I in got, the United States? Yeah, that's not one. Put them in order and yeah. put that one at the bottom. That's not That's not the one to hit. Don't huh? go to Mobile, Alabama. I'll, I'll remember do you know that. the Mobile, Alabama? You think it's Seattle, but it's not. You think Mobile, it's... Alabama has the highest... Rain? Uh, rain, inches of rain in of any city in the United States really? per year. Really? Yeah. Seattle's well known for being rainy. Yeah, but they have like mists. Yeah, they, they have a lot of rainy days, uh-huh. I guess, but the most rain mm-hmm. is Mobile, Alabama. I didn't know this. Yeah, so that's great. Wow. I've never been to a, a Senior Bowl where it didn't rain on at least several of the days there. Huh. I've never been to a Senior Bowl. I might might have to look into that uh, if they move it out of Mobile, <laughs> <laughs> according to the sky. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're you're basically there to watch them practice, right? Nobody right. cares about the game, right? But yeah. I mean, how how much do you love enjoy watching the Bucks practice these days? We're gonna get we're gonna we're getting emails from Mobile, Alabama. I know that's here. The, the, uh, they're gonna tell us where the hot spots were. That's where you should have been. <laughs> Hey, I've been there for a while. It's possible that they it, it got one. Yeah, they they got a hot spot. <laughs> they got one now. <laughs> I told you I'm tired. <laughs> that was pretty good though. Um, I'm not sure. The only other thing I got written down here, and you're not going to care about this. Why? How do you know? Because it's a game. Oh, I've told you about this immaculate grid before. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the one where you say it and then you name the different players. And this today, what's yours today? Today. I only bring it up because the Bucks were in it today. Oh, okay. Ask me the, what, what it says. I'll do that. Okay. I, I'm hardly waiting. So to refresh your memory uh-huh. and tell anybody else out there uh, who hasn't already heard, there's a, a game you can play. It's actually hosted now on ProFootballReference.com. Oh. But it's uh, it's called the Immaculate Grid. It actually originally started with baseball. And it's three things along the top and three things along the side for a nine a three by three grid, a nine square grid. All right. In this particular case, um, this is the NFL one today. The Buccaneers are the selection at the top of the first column. And then they intersect down the rows with the Eagles, Steelers, and Dolphins. So what you have to do in those boxes is you have to pick, like, I have to find a player who played for the Seattle. I mean, played for the Bucks and also played for Philly. Okay. As an example. Bucks also played for Seattle. And Bucks also played for Miami, and I'm bringing this up because I think you'll like who I picked for Bucks, Miami, a player who played for both the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. I would say Hugh Green. That is actually the first guy I thought of, but when I when I'm doing Bucks and I have a better knowledge of it, if it's uh-huh. two other teams, I'll take whatever I think of first. Sure, but they, you have a rarity score in this game. It shows you what percentage of people correctly guess that person, oh. and the lower it is the better your rarity score is. Okay. So Hugh Green is a great answer. But? Look a little closer to home, my friend. Hmm. I'm talking about you specifically. Look me specifically. Closer to home. That'll mean literally your house. Oh. Um, closer to home. Somebody you spoke to yesterday. Somebody I spoke to yesterday? You, I don't know. You might have even spoken to him today. But you definitely spoke to him yesterday. I'm at a loss. Don't say anything. Somebody I spoke to yesterday that played for the Bucks and Miami? Yes, and I wonder if there's any fans out there screaming at the podcast right now. Come, come on, it's 
X. Who? You want me to tell you? Yeah. Dave Moore. Oh, crap. <laughs> he didn't play a lot for Miami. No, no, he was drafted by Miami. I Was he drafted or was he undrafted for you? I thought he was drafted by Miami in like right. the 12th round or something like that. The draft used to be really long. Yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> wow. I'm embarrassed over that one. That's okay. This game can tie you up sometimes. Now, did he play in he a was regular? A, he was a seventh. He has to or that you answer. He won't count. Okay, so he was a seventh round pick? He was pick? a seventh round pick out, okay. of, out of Pitt. As I'm you know. sorry, Dave. I didn't even know when you got drafted. He played one game for the Dolphins. Ah. And then later was released, and the Bucks picked him up. He played four games for us that year in 92, uh-huh. and then obviously we know he had a long, illustrious yes. career. Wow. So for, How did I miss that? It's okay. No, that's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I'm racking my brain. I'm thinking. That's the problem. I'm, I'm like going through who, who, who. And I, yeah. Well, because you're ready for this. Dave's always just a buck in your day. Yeah, okay. He that's, didn't play. You, you recovered I, well. There. I, don't, I don't look at him as he played three years in Buffalo. You so. recovered well there. Thank you. So, wow. so like, Bucks in Seattle, a bunch of answers came right to mind. Did any of them come right to mind for you? Bucks in Seattle. Uh, the only one was um, Richard Sherman. Yeah, that's obvious one. That was Joey Galloway. Oh, right. Joey, yes. Michael Bennett. Well, Joey Galloway also via the way of Dallas. Michael Bennett. Yeah, he played for us first, and then he went to Seattle. And yeah. then be- only because it was recently Brad- uh-huh. Bradley McDougald. Okay. But I wasn't satisfied with any of those, and then I thought of J.R. Sweezy. Wow. And that's uh, By the way, Dave's rarity score did, was— Did J.R. Sweezy ever really play play yeah. a game? I know he's on the roster. No, he played. He didn't play very long, though, right? Well, he had injury issues. Yes, and then he went to Seattle and had injury issues. No, he was with Seattle before us. Oh, and okay. And maybe after. I think he went back. He, uh, he went back there one year and then had two years in Arizona. But mm-hmm. the guy ended up starting 104 career games. Wow. That's not bad. No. He played, he played 14 games and started all of them for us in his one year with yeah, us. Yeah, they had a lot of hope for him. He he got me a rarity score of 0.9%. Dave was 0.2%. And then wow. for Eagles, Bucks, I went with Sean Landetta, who's been mentioned yeah. twice in this podcast right. now. Yep. 0.1%. Wow. I'm still, I'm still like really shocked by that. I mean, the obvious answer there is Deshaun Jackson, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, there's probably a couple other obvious ones I can't think of right now. But anyway, that was it. That was all I got. I mean, we've been going at it for a while now, sure. right? We still have fan questions yep. to get to. Okay. So you ready for that? I am. Uh, we don't need to take a break, do no, we? No, we don't. This this is an easy, easy show for me. If your favorite part of the show is is hearing um, Ronnie Lane do that intro, yeah. then sorry. You oh, don't, you don't get as much of it today. Well, I do, the, I do that um, to, so you can, yeah, just kind of breaks it up a little bit, gives us a breather. Go ahead. Uh, what do, okay. What do you got? I'm trying to get to the beginning one. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right. This is from Phil, Phil Schwadron in California. Okay, we remember him. Yeah. I'm writing this. Hey, dogs. Hey, S-dogs. I'm writing this before the Eagles game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. As a longtime Bucks fan, my hatred for the Eagles goes back 25 years. Good, yeah. good for you. Good call. However, there's one thing I hate more than the Eagles as a team, and that's their QB sneak with the butt push play. Ah. I, think it's, I think it's generally... Mm-hmm. Known as the tush push, yep. which I think they did at least five or six times in that game. They did. Uh, I hate it. I think it's cheating. If not legally, then certainly morally. <laughs> morally. <laughs> morally. Let the QB line up and hit that D line without help by himself using only the strength of one man. Yeah. Not three. A manly man. Because a couple of running backs with their hands on his tush. Yeah. I have, I have visions of Vita Vea blowing up this play on Monday night. 
but the truth is it's probably unstoppable. Do you think there should be a rules change to outlaw it, or are we stuck with it? Well, I think we're stuck with it because not every team can do it. I mean, they can try to do it, but it's just Philadelphia just has the beef to do it, and they have a big quarterback. So I'm not so sure if it's as successful for every team. He's not that big. He's just a good runner. Yeah. So – I don't. He's strong. He's I'm, very strong. Yeah, they've talked about it. I mean, they were going. They tried to get it, so it couldn't happen this year. And and the rules committee, our competition committee, I think that's what yeah, this, they like, call nah. it. Let's let's just keep it in there and go. My philosophy here is, if rules allow you to do something you and be, you figure something out that yeah. nobody else had figured out, then you should be able and to it do works. It. Yeah, your sport shouldn't there then go. Uh, well, I don't like that, so you can't do it. Right. It's, it's within the rules. Mm-hmm. You figured it out. You're making it work. But rules do alter. Yeah, but just because somebody's doing a good job of something? Well, that's true. That's true. Well, they, they It's kinda, not against they, the rules. They, they, they kind of did that with Stick'em. You know, they took Stick'em away because yeah, it was doing such a me, good that's job. that's different. Okay, that's an You're aid. using a foreign substance. Okay, I that's fair. I can easily see why. That's fair. You look at it, that's, that's, that's not part of the okay, game. Okay, I'm just thinking of th- things that had happened in the, you know, how they've changed. Right. What you can and can't do. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, like, you can't. Touch somebody for five yards. Yeah. yeah. They've changed those types of rules uh-huh. throughout the year. Those generally, though, are Can't just hit the quarterback. Rules, rule changes like that. Can't slap you in the head like you used to be able to. Rule changes like that are because yep. the NFL knows... Safety. People, well, that yep. and the NFL knows people want offense. Sure. So you you put these rules on, on when the DBs can mm-hmm. hold a guy or, yeah. or contact a guy. So some, and you, you try to keep all the QBs healthy. Yeah. Someone's got to figure out how to get lower than Somebody's got to figure out how to stop the like play. crab crawl. Is, we did is stop it one time. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, it was third down, and they just ran it again. Yeah. Um, out of my philosophy on that is if, if we figured out some trick play that exploited something in the rules tomorrow, sure. I wouldn't want the league no. then say, no, you can't do that. That's against I, the rules. I do, like, I do like how fourth down is no longer fourth down anymore. Not, you know, you make a third – you, you, you make a stop, and then – well, a lot of teams anymore are just going for, you know, it's like, well, if you punt the ball, then you're letting the ball out of your hands. Well, the so. Chargers coach, Brandon Staley, yeah. who's been all over the board on his fourth down decisions yeah. in his three seasons as head coach. Um, he Did you see he notably went for one in his own territory uh-huh. with about, what, three minutes to go? I think the other team was out of timeouts. This was Minnesota. Yeah. 99% of coaches would punt there and make them try to go 80 or 90 yards. And he didn't. And he decided to try to end it. And uh, I think there's a lot of analytics people out there who would say it was a good decision. Yeah. They didn't get it. Right. But it was the right thing to do. Maybe. I don't know. That one's Well, he line. won, so it was the right well, thing Well, he won do. because they got a goal line interception. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, well, I think that, he's looking really bad today yeah. or tomorrow, yesterday. They, they, not only that, but also uh, uh, Minnesota needs to work on clock management. Oh, yeah. Big time. Dallas does, too. Yeah. It's. Did you see the end of that game? They're I, down by two scores. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, going to need to score, get the ball back, and score again. Right. And they're running the ball on every play. Yeah. It well, was crazy. Was, well, the Minnesota game, the reason why I mentioned the, the time is they had no timeouts, but they just got a first down. So you get a first down, and instead of getting to the line, spike the clocking ball, it. clocking it, going, okay, what do we want to do? Yeah. They let like 20 yeah. seconds trying to get a play in. That's because they couldn't hear because their own home crowd was too loud. But somewhere down the line as a quarterback, would you just not say, line up, let's 
Well, apparently he eventually did, and, and he claims he called the play that the coach was trying to call anyway. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. You say those things. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're true. But, but it was it, it if it was so loud, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't they in Minnesota? No, that's the point. That's what makes it funny. Yeah. Because their own home crowd was so hyped by the situation that they just didn't – I they fi- didn't I, it- I find – I, I want to go back and listen to that because, gosh, usually the Minnesota fans are very, very smart knowing that when their team has the ball, don't make noise. It was noise. just a crazy situation. I think I they were guess. just hyped up about what was going on. Wow. That's Sorry, yeah. Phil. I didn't agree with you. What, do you agree? Do you think they no. could? Would you Would you consider changing that rule? No, because I think it's what like What would you be said. the change of the rule? You're not allowed to push a ball carrier from behind? Yeah. And if that was the case, we wouldn't be able to have a touchdown uh, interception to get with Shaq, Shaq Barrett, Barrett in. Right, so right. you wouldn't have had that. So if you don't if you don't like it, you have to stop them. So some defensive guys going to figure, figure out a way out. how to do it. Right? They did. The Eagles did try to fake one. Uh huh. And I thought it was weird because they, they were down, but they were like a yard and a half or two yards away from the goal line, and I'm like they're lining up in, in this tush push thing. Uh-huh. I I swear to God, I said this. I bet this is a fake. It, and sure enough, yeah, he, he started to lunge forward and then he backed out, but then he tripped. Yeah. So it worked out really well for him. It the was box. great. All right. Next one from Richard. Richard. Um, he he uh, emailed us last week, okay. and I had a really hard time pronouncing his last name. Oh. Um, so let's get to that. Ahoy Salty Nears. And he's from also from California. <laughs> I'm writing to you Sunday evening, and history was made by the Miami Dolphins putting up 70 points against Sean Payton and the Broncos. I like uh-huh. the way he put it that way. Yeah. What is the highest point scored the Bucks ever put up in a game? The last big points I can think of was 2019 Bucks at Rams when they paid homage to Derek Brooks's number and scored 55 and won Super Bowl 55 a year later, which is all good points. Uh-huh. But a lot of numerology going on there. Yes. That that is the answer by okay. the way. Okay. That is the record. What's the highest that's been scored against the Bucks? Uh, 70 something by the Jets. Was it 70 or that was 68? Let's see. Uh 62. 62 points, yes. 62. Yeah. Uh, no, that that was the biggest one. Before then, before that Rams game, uh-huh. which was exciting, I think it was ended up being like fifty-five forty. Wow! Um, oh yeah, we had never scored fifty points in a game before. I remember that. Uh, let's see, what was it exactly? Fifty-five to forty. Mm-hmm. Didn't Indomitian Sue have like a? He did. He had a, a touchdown a, yes, at the end. He did, and, um, and he had just come from them, from the yeah, Rams right. to the Buccaneers. The but first that, year. Yeah, that's the that's the most points the Bucks have ever scored in yeah. a single game. That was into the Coliseum too. Yeah, we hadn't been there in a million years. Yeah. Yeah, the new Coliseum, they they upgraded it. Very fancy. Nice press box. I'm I'm just yeah, you're making looking, 100% sure, sure that I'm right. right. I'm I, like 99.9% sure. If I had if I if I had to, I'd yeah. say you are. 55. Okay. Uh the next is a bunch of 48s. Uh this isn't included in here, but the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl we scored 48. We scored 48 against Atlanta. In 2021, I remember that one. Scored 48 at New Orleans yeah. in the first game of 2018, and, and that was 48. Oh, that was the Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the that remains the highest scoring game in week one in NFL history. Wow. We had 48 against New Orleans back in 2001. I remember that one. I think Carl Williams had a punt return for a touchdown. Hmm. And we had 48 in week one against Atlanta in 1987. That's the game when Steve DeBerg threw five touchdown passes. Yeah. Wow. So – yeah, you got it. You you asked the question and then answered it. But then he says, by the way, thank you, Scott, for taking interest in the correct pronunciation of my last name. It is Tara Oka. Tara Oka. Tara Oka. Nice. 
It is Japanese, and it means temple, the Terra part, uh-huh. and hill, the Oka part. A temple so on a hill? So his name means temple, hill. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very. Thank you for taking the time yeah, out to educate that. us on that. Yeah. I'm excited and nervous for Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football versus the Eagles. Especially excited for Ronnie to get his Hall of Fame ring. Yeah. I hope we can see the ceremony on TV. We probably didn't. They right? probably didn't carry it, no. I am predicting our Bucks winning 26-24 and a bold prediction of two K-Dot and touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I'll follow up after the game, which he did. Yeah. Until then, thanks for reading. Yeah. Richard. Very, right. very bold. This is this one's from Elliot. He's our fan in uh, – in he's a Bucks fan in um, uh, Where? Australia. Oh. Remember that? Oh, yeah, the presenter. Yes. Good day, gentlemen. Thanks for your help with ticket info this past week. I'm traveling over solo and just booked a ticket in section 107. Very nice. That's good. Yeah, that's about like right on the, I'm not even looking, but it's like on about the 40-yard line. Nice. Yeah. That would be on our side. I hope you get, oh, it's definitely on our, it's on the the west side. side. He's on the west side. That's good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he'd be about, yeah, about the 30, 40-yard line. Because I think That's one a four o'clock game. Yeah, one ten is I think one ten is the fifty yard line, uh, and I'm going off the top. Yeah, yeah, you know. and I'm not going to look it up. Yeah, no, but but yes, you did well. Just finished watching this week's game. Is it fair to say Philly on paper paper is the best team we will play in the regular season? Uh, Let's wait. Well, let me finish. Yeah, For okay. me, even though we weren't great tonight, we still only lost by two scores. Well, wow, he's very positive. Yeah. Against the Super Bowl contenders, so remain incredibly positive. You think we look at bringing in, excuse me, another running back to help moving forward, especially with Chase out for an extended period. That's Chase Evans. Uh huh. Love your work. We listen to you, blokes, each week. I like it. I love being called a bloke. Yes. That's you, Elliot Lovejoy. You are a bloke. Hey, okay. Mate. Is is are the Eagles the toughest team we're going to face by our estimation? Um, uh, okay. Here's the. Here's I the, think I say no. Okay, then I'm going to go down the list. I, they're I better it. than the Vikings. Yes. They're better than the Bears. Yes. Saints, they're better than the Saints, right? Yep. Better than Detroit? Yep. Better than Atlanta? Yes. How about Buffalo? Uh, oh, I know which one you're looking at. Which one am I looking at? San Francisco. Correct. That's mine. And Buffalo and San Francisco, San Francisco are both on the road. Uh-huh. Very Flip tough. A coin there. I'm not. I don't know if I agree with you that San Francisco is better than Philly. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, although they both are amazing. I mean, I do realize, and I will respectfully say, Philadelphia beat the 49ers in the playoffs. However, they didn't ah. have a quarterback, so I'm going to yeah, go with that. You can't judge by that. But they. But they almost beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Well, there's that. So right. So there you have it. Flip a coin there, um, yeah. and Buffalo could be in that argument as well. Tough go. I, and 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 yeah. And and if you're going to play in a tough place, I think playing in uh, Lambeau on December 17th, it could be a tough game. So what we got left here? Let's do this really fast. All right, we got the Saints. Yep. Right that's now, that's all. That's a rivalry game. Two two games. Right now, they feel like about the same place we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Detroit, who's yeah. looked pretty good so far. Very good. Yes. Uh, I don't think they're as good as Philly, uh, but yep. that's a tough game. Yeah. We got Atlanta, kind of the same spot as we are. I don't know if I don't know if I buy it yet. I don't know if I buy it yet. I yeah. don't know if he can win the way they're winning consistently. Um, Buffalo is really good. Houston looks frisky all of a sudden. Tennessee looks terrible. So hopefully that continues. San Fran, Indianapolis, they look all right. Carolina, they look terrible. Um, Atlanta again. Green Bay, Green Bay's look decent. Uh-huh. Jacksonville, 
I was very disappointed in their effort this week, uh, but I think they're good, and that's that's everybody on the on the schedule. Oh, that yeah, was, that well, was some great A analysis. But right I there. think I think also though I think is uh, we'll have to wait and see because you don't know who's going to be good or bad. I mean, we're projecting it right. for three week in, in three weeks into the season. But I, I mean, I to me Tennessee looks awful. I, I don't think they're going to pull out of that. Well. The Carolina could, depending on what happens with them at quarterback, uh-huh. either Bryce Young improves rapidly or well, they, they, had, they stick with Andy Dalton. Yeah, they did in Seattle. They almost beat Seattle, mm-hmm. but all right, didn't. back to Richard Terraoka. Okay, who emailed again back as he said he would since he made predictions. Uh-huh. Ahoy, salty nears. <laughs> well, that game didn't go as predicted, yeah. huh? <laughs> I boldly predicted K. Dot and have two touchdowns. He yeah. barely had one catch. Yeah. As bad as the offense was, I'm not discouraged. It's only week three, and there's plenty of time to improve. I'm interested to hear both of your perspectives, I think he means perspectives, about this game, which we've kind of already given. Yeah, we did. Unfortunately, Mike Evans had three drop passes. One was easily for a touchdown. Now, this is where I wanted to jump in. I started to say this earlier, but didn't finish it. There are different degrees of drop passes. Yeah. He's going to bring this up here in a second, but remember the one in Carolina last year? I do. That's an egregious drop that yeah. you never expect Mike to make, but over the course of a career, every now and then it's going right. to happen, right? Sometimes they're contested. So I, the one that was that could have been a touchdown, I feel like, first of all, he's like falling backwards, right? He's got a – don't underestimate the impact that a guy, a defender being right there and having his hands around you. The defender pulled his arm down. Okay, so there you go. I mean, there's – You're talking about the one in the end zone. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a great defensive play. Okay, so there are different degrees of drops. Right. Uh, I think there was one of those I felt like was a drop for sure. Mike had the ball, and the defender got it in and was able to push. All right. Yeah. I didn't see that with that much clarity. Um, Yeah, So, but I see what you're saying. And then he had a dropped one that was on the sideline. It was high, two hands. Yeah, that was a tough catch. Yeah, he would have expect him to make it. Yeah, because because Mike makes great catches. And he's so so tall and and long mm -hmm. that he can have a shot at that play. Yeah, but I thought that ball was high. It was a tough play, but I normally I bet you he would expect to make it. Yeah, fair enough. That's what I mean by different degrees of drops. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, he says it. It kind of reminded me of last year's matchup. Versus the Panthers, when Evans had a big play that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. But the ball bounced off his hands, and offense just couldn't find their footing after that. Anyways, I'm ranting. I hope Evans is a buck for his entire career. Nice. So do I. With you. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. You too. Yep. Thank R- you. Richard. And, of course, go Bucks. And, by the way, it's F asterisk asterisk K the Saints week. Hope we give them hell. I see what he did there. <laughs> Thanks for reading. And that's Richard Terraoka in San Gabriel, California. Okay. Right. Hey, first time maybe in a while we've heard from our, our guy in Brazil, uh, Alexander Nascimento. Uh-huh. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well and pri- probably tired from working late yesterday. What a game, huh? Mm. Not what I expected, but those <laughs> Eagles are really a good team, and our offense is not quite there to make it closer. But, hey, our D was good, if not great, considering all the substitutions they had to make before and during the game. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a pretty optimistic Viewpoint yeah. of it. There were some injured guys and sure. some more guys got hurt. The the defense was not good against the run, but it wasn't terrible against and the And then pass. we kind of got hurt there near the end with passes uh, on the corners because uh, – Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were playing undrafted rookie Dorito sure. Pitts for yeah. 20 snaps. Uh-huh. 
let's focus on Mike greatness. And he, he writes it the way that Mike has a logo with M one K three greatness and prepare to the saints in the most enjoyable stadium. That is right. <laughs> Mr. Smith. No, <laughs> no. After all, all NFC South teams lost last week, which is true. And I meant to look, yeah. up. I wish I'd thought of it. I meant to look up to see last time that happened. Uh, and we have the chance to let new, New Orleans, leave New Orleans behind and be three and one, and it was awesome to see Rondé Barber's new ring and provoking all Eagles fans in attendance. Yeah, that was the since best. you did. Thanks for reading. Yeah. All right, and then Sam from Nashville. Hey, dog. Sorry for the long email. Even though it was a loss, I'm still pretty encouraged. The funny thing is, I guess he could have gone back and added that to the end, at the end, but that's the first sentence. So he already knows he's going to write a really long email. Well, maybe he has a lot of thoughts, and he, has, he, he, he was beginning. <laughs> he probably went back and put that in at the oh, end. Oh, okay. Even though it was a loss, I'm still pretty encouraged with what seemed like – this is a theme. Yeah. That's why, that's why I'm reading all of these. I, I do like – I you know, well, that's fandom, you know. They're, yeah, but – They're not I mean, giving up. You Come on. You've been a fans of a team where you're just mad, and you're mad at them and what well, they're doing. Well, yes, that's true. The the general tenor of these emails is, okay. hey, rough yeah. game, but I'm not I'm – not, I'm not uh, all I'm not, that worried. I'm not, I still feel good. You ready for this? I'm not jumping ship. <laughs> <laughs> you always want me to like pause and make sure that your jokes hit. But they puns. do. That's it's a pregnant. All right. Pause. With what seemed like half of our stars on defense out or playing hurt, we uh-huh. held our own and yeah. got a couple key turnovers yeah. to keep us in the game. I'm with you. At the beginning of the season, I was bummed we had a week five bye, but it seems like it's coming at a great time now. To hopefully get most everyone back healthy. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Kalani yeah. Gansey. Maybe that was oh, the whole idea. Gosh. Maybe that was the whole idea with what they're doing with him. They're like, okay, let's shut him down until after the bye week. Well, that would be smart because he did come back. He did play 11 incredible yeah. snaps. And then got and then And then aggravated it. So, yeah, I mean, if because it would then give him another couple weeks. Actually, three weeks from now. Yeah. Okay, so that would be strong. Let's get this over with. Okay. I want Sorry. to preface this next part by saying I love Dave Canales. I think he's going to be a great OC for us and eventually a great head coach somewhere. Is this a butt coming? Yes, I think so. All right. The offense still has some hiccups, but that is to be expected. Mm-hmm. And as the season progresses, Dave will get a better feel for what works and what we need to do. I'm glad he's our guy. With that being said, here's your butt. Uh, uh, with I that being said... There should be a rule that you never, ever, 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 ever run the ball on your own one-yard line or less. Now, if he threw a pass and it got an interception, then you would say there's a okay. – You're giving up so much ground to the defense when you run halfway into your own end zone to hand it off. But I see a lot of teams do this when it hardly ever seems to work. This could just be my confirmation bias, which I can explain if you'd like. That's what I said, not him. Obviously, these OCs know way more than I do, so maybe I'm just missing something. Are there any stats that show running on your own one-yard line is beneficial more often than not? I know there are rare instances of it working like with Ronald Jones against the Panthers in 2020, but this is just something that grinds my gears to no end. Thanks for the great podcast. As always, let's crush the Saints and go Bucks. Thanks, Sam in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. I don't completely disagree, Jeff. Really? I agree with all the caveats that he's making that these OCs know better than we do. Well, yes, I agree. On and that. we tend to judge plays, ba- how smart they were based on afterwards, how yeah. successful they were. Sure. When you can have a good play call and bad execution. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But in this particular game, because of the running, was, well, yeah, that too. As, Their run defense is so good. Yeah, but I, I can picture exactly what he's talking about. The ball is on the one yard line, but in the function of this play, the quarterback takes the ball, runs back into the end zone several yards, and hands the ball to the back about three yards deep in the end zone. Okay, I see what you're so saying. So you have to make up all that ground just to get back to line the goal line, right. let alone the line of scrimmage, right. which you should be able to do, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you but, don't expect yeah, to be hit before the line of scrimmage, but it, you know, when they're expecting you to run, so they're loaded up for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to design the run play so that there's a quicker hit. Um. You know, maybe you do a, a shotgun and and he's handing it off forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh, or, or you just try a quick pass. A little right? outside. Uh, uh, I don't, yeah. I did not, I don't have the stats to know if that's a bad play call or not. But I do know that I don't like seeing the quarterback turn around and run several yards. In the I, end, so. I definitely think tomorrow when uh, Dave talks to the media, that'll be a question for that'll sure. That'll be interesting. It is no, is it no? It's Thursday. He talks. Who knows what day today is? Yeah, but anyways, that would be that. That's definitely a question, and get his thoughts on his thinking of going with that play. But I do like what you're saying though about being in the end zone, three yards back, having it, it, to go. Is, and this is do you do a rollout? Does the quarterback roll out and do a little dump pass? Yeah. Uh, I will bring up that he mentioned confirmation bias here, which is the, um, I don't know what you call it, logical fallacy that that says that um, people tend to notice and remember the evidence that supports the theory they already yeah, have. I agree. And ignore or not notice the evidence that goes against their theory. What yard line were the Chicago Bears on when um, Shaq Barrett intercepted four. the four-yard line? Well, no, that's where he caught it. It's where he caught it. I think so. they were on like the six. Oh, okay. But uh, they had to throw. Yeah, they had to. But they had room, though. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 again, I'm going to err on the side of I don't like um, criticizing play calling based on the. Uh, yeah, uh, how the, the result. Right. I'm looking forward, and next week we'll talk about it if we can remember. Uh, to see what Dave has to yeah. say about it. Okay, one more and then we're done. Okay. Hey, Scott and Jeff. Not the outcome we wanted to see last night, but it's good to see the, t the team still trying to even fight, to fight even though it was slipping away. I agree with that part. Yeah. Our secondary depth is starting to scare me a little bit with mm. CD3 and don't make a scene Dean getting banged up. Anyway, my question, last year there was a YouTube video about what goes into making a home game happen behind the scenes. It was such an awesome look into an aspect of the game that not many people think about. And with you guys discussing the turf swap last week, it made me curious curious if anything else like that is on the horizon. I know Jeff must be a very busy guy, so he can't narrate everything, but maybe Scott the Statman Smith can lend his dulcet tone. Ah. Thank, you for, thank you for reading, because you did. Phil in Spokane, Washington. Okay. Um, I don't know of any projects we have in the works of something like that. I, I, uh, but I, I, here's what I would ask. Here's how I would change the question to you, Jeff. What would be an interesting topic for in terms of people working behind the scenes to make the NFL go or make a team go? I think what would be very, very cool. And, and it may, it may just happen is getting ready for the throwback game 
from uh, the uniforms to the helmets to the stickers to stadium bunting, stadium bunting fields. The fe- I mean, uh, uh, does it? Does it give you a feel of the 70s? Does it give you that feel? Who chooses the music? Right. All what do of, they choose? Yeah, yeah. And I think there might be something like that in the works. Okay. I would think. All right, that's a good I answer. I would hope because if not, you know what? There's a marketing meeting tomorrow that I don't think you and I are going to make because we're in the locker room at that time. But I may just go Jeff, ahead and put it in there You know, maybe we should. You know how very, very sad it makes me when you say I can't go to a meeting. Yeah. Well, I mean, how are we ending this podcast on such a down note? The only person so sad. The, the only person that it hates meetings more than me is you, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually attend them now and then. <laughs> I've been to a meeting. Yeah, yeah, right here. This is the meeting. Uh, the, <laughs> that's um, that's good because the smaller meeting is the better. Oh, I'm I'm very big into one on one. Here's here's my rule. Mm. Okay, here's my rule. Okay, for any meeting, especially any meeting that's over say ten people. Uh huh. When you're nearing the end. Yep. And the person running the meeting mm-hmm. says, anything else? anybody have anything else? <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah. That's Don't. my rule. Yep. Here, <clears throat> my rule is meetings can't be longer than 30 minutes. I like that. Uh, we used to do, uh, I, not here, um, when I worked with Affinity Broadcasting, we used to have meetings. And the way it worked was, you had to be on time. The door got locked. So if you didn't make it, then you got oh, reprimanded. Wow. Okay, so you had to be on time. Okay. The next thing was if it was like a director's meeting or something like that, we had an hourglass, you know, a little sand hourglass, a minute glass, like an egg timer. And you, when it was your turn to talk, the timer got flipped over. If you could <laughs> not explain what you needed to tell everybody within three minutes – you got cut off. I like all of these rules. Yes. It was very, very effective because you went in and you weren't, you know, trying to um, enhance your position in the organization about this or that. It was meaningful. This is what we got to do. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Those yeah. are good rules. Yeah. That would make, that would make meetings 10% less terrible. Maybe I should start a consulting meeting company. I think my rule is if your initials are SS, you don't have to go to meetings. <laughs> Or in my case, RSS. You are certainly living up to it. My yes. case, RSS, because yes. my first name is actually Roger. You know, everybody's going to be uh, listening to this, and, and next thing you know, you're going to get dragged in. Uh, I know. I really shouldn't. I, I, I need it's... to think about who the audience is here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Shoot myself in the foot. Right. Someone's going to go, Scott hasn't been to any of my meetings? <laughs> I have been to a lot of meetings, but sometimes there are times oh, that don't does, work out real oh, well. Oh, does he backpedal now? <laughs> sometimes there are times that don't work out, especially during the season. Do you want good content on the site, or do you want me in meetings? <laughs> That's basically what you're telling me. I understand. Um, Why? But I wanted to answer that question. You actually came up with a good answer because you said something that might actually happen, which is cool. But I was thinking theoretically – what would be a good behind the scenes? Uh-huh. What about team travel? They've done that before. Oh, we have. Yeah, they did it. Well, um, <clears throat> gosh, one time, don't you remember? Uh, I believe it was with CBS. CBS was on our airplane and did the whole thing. Wow. Um, but it, it. I'm it, in in house. Yeah. Well, that would be a good one because you get there's to see a, lot. a lot. Like everything that happens sti- at a team hotel on the road. I, I'm still amazed how all of that works. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I would. It's a lot of money. That's a, that's what it is. Oh yeah, but there's a lot of timing, a lot of organizations, yeah. a lot of yeah, yeah. hey, this is what has to happen. And the hardest part is you're at the mercy of everybody else. I got one more thing before we go. 
I want to say that all the emails, thank you, but what I thought was very cool is they were all after they watched the game. That's not true. So most before. of them. Yeah. Yeah. But then they came back and gave you the rest. And like I said, the basic tenor is okay. That, that sucked, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not done. No, I, I don't, I haven't lost my faith. Mm-mm. Me either. I think that's a basic thing. I, I was pleased with the round of emails and for that yes. reason, I hope that reflects the general uh, feeling of Buccaneers fandom right now. Yes, and I think you should give that email address one more time and let's wrap this up. Uh, send us questions at saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Okay, I'll see you in the next meeting. And since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>